If you know that someone has a problem, should you, as a Christian, take the initiative and offer help? I don't want to butt into other people's lives, but if I don't do something soon, the situation that I have in mind is likely to worsen. That's what one writer asks, and it's a very important question for a Christian to consider. To what extent has God involved us in each other's lives and problems? It's not just our own problems that present problems to us, but the problems that others bring our way or that we stumble across in life as we discover these things happening in other people's lives. Where can you draw the line, for example, between being nosy and being helpful? Where can you draw the line between being impertinent and being truly uh, useful in this way? These are the kinds of questions that many Christians have. Well, let me say to you very plainly as we begin that not only does God say that you may help others, he indeed requires you to help others. If you have been saved, if you're truly a Christian, one who has trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who shed his blood on the cross for your sins and who rose again from the dead, if your sins are forgiven and you know that you're a Christian, then look what God says to you in Galatians, the sixth chapter and verses one and two. Let me read those verses for you. Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Now there is a clear-cut statement to Christians about their involvement, their responsibility before God to get involved in the lives of others who are having problems. Now you notice, he says, if you catch someone in a trespass, that very clearly singles out what sorts of situations that you ought to be involved in. It's not your job to go around poking your nose into other people's business, becoming a busybody and a nosy person in the congregation or in the community. That's not what God is talking about at all. But if in his providence, God himself puts someone into your path as you walk through life, if on the road from Jerusalem down to Jericho you find a brother who is crushed under a load of sin lying half dead in the road, you dare not walk on the other side like the priest and the Levite. That's what God is saying. Indeed, whenever God puts you into a situation where you have become party to another believer's sin, a party to a sin which he himself is not able to extricate himself from alone, God has put you there in order to help him. That's what this verse says. That's what you should interpret such a situation to mean. That's the way that you must look at the problem. You are put there at that time and place to be of help to that other Christian brother who is in trouble. Now let's examine that verse a little more clearly, Galatians 6, 1 and then 2. He says, if you catch someone committing a sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Now remember, the chapter headings were placed in the Bible many, many years after the Bible was written, indeed, by people riding around uh, in Europe on horseback who in their spare time were trying to conveniently catalog the verses and the chapters. 
And sometimes those chapter headings seem to have gotten into a wrong place where they broke into the middle of a thought. None of those headings were inspired like the rest of the Bible is inspired. And here we have one of those problems where in the fifth chapter of Galatians, the Apostle Paul was talking about the work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in the believer's life. And what he was talking about was the way in which the Spirit of God who dwells within every believer enables that believer to live in a way that pleases God. And so he goes on to say, now, since the Spirit of God is within you, you who are spiritual, now he's not talking about some super Christian here, some particular class of Christians, he's talking about all Christians, that is, those who have the Spirit. In Romans, for example, in the eighth chapter, uh, Paul wrote, if, you, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. So he's talking here not about some top dog Christian or top of the totem pole Christian as over against lower totem pole Christians, but he's talking here instead about all Christians. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not a Christian. And so he's saying you who have the Spirit of God are to get involved in this problem. So you're not off the hook by thinking that maybe you're not spiritual enough to do this. If you are spiritual enough to have the Spirit of God, that is, if you're a Christian at all, you're involved in this obligation. Now notice what it is that he says that every Christian must do. He doesn't get after the person who is down and who is in sin by uh, complaining about him to others. He doesn't kick him when he's down. He doesn't say, aha, I told you so. He doesn't go off and leave him. No, he doesn't even turn him over to somebody else for help. What he does is get involved himself in order to restore that brother or sister. The word restore is an interesting word. The word means to repair in such a way as to restore something that is no longer useful because it is broken. The word is used about broken nets, torn nets that fishermen used in biblical times. And of course, if the big ones were getting through a hole in the net, they weren't very useful anymore. So the fisherman would sit down by the side of the boat on shore and he would restore or repair the net so as to make it useful for its purpose so that it would once again function as it was intended to function. The same word is used of physicians in, the, in that day who restored broken limbs. Here's your arm all broken up and it's hanging down by your side, not very useful. The physician, however, would come along and set the limb set the bone so as to make it possible for that arm once again to function as it ought. It's your task not to take over this Christian's responsibilities in life when he says bear one another's burdens. He doesn't mean that because later on in the fifth, burden, uh, fifth verse he says each man shall bear his own load. But this process of restoration means this. While the brother is down, you come over to him and you help lift the load that is on, on his uh, leg, let's say, this sin under which he is crushed, this problem in which he is entangled, you help him get out of it. You lift the rock so that he can squirm out from under it, not in order to carry his load for him any longer, but quite to the contrary, so that he can get back to carrying his own load in the church. When he's crushed under sin and entangled in its web, he isn't of very much use either to the church or in witnessing to the world around him. But you help him in order that he may be restored to a place of proper function in the church of Jesus Christ. But notice carefully, finally, that this must be done in the spirit of gentleness or meekness, looking to yourself lest you too be tempted. How often a brother himself has become proud or has fallen into the very same sin that the one he was seeking to help out of it uh, is involved in. 
What was the problem? He went in the wrong attitude to that brother. You can never hurt another, no matter how he responds, if you go not with a superior attitude, but with an attitude of meekness that says, there but for the grace of God I might be. An attitude that when you talk to the brother expresses this sentiment, brother, I'm only here because God has put me here. I want to help. Indeed, I may need your help to get out of some sin next week. But here I am, for whatever help I can be, the Spirit of God dwelling within me, the Word of God in my hand, I want to help you out of your problem. My brethren and sisters who are listening today, there's somebody you know who needs your help, somebody God has placed in your way. May God urge you by this word of his in this passage, exhorting you to go and be of help. Lord, help us to help others, we pray, who know Christ, that we who have the Spirit of God dwelling within us may not be fearful, nor may we be too bold, but may we go in a spirit of meekness, really bringing the help of encouragement from the Word of God. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.